We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joe Pot back in on KMOX. Sports Open Line continues here on a Tuesday night. Glad you're along as we kind of get you through this uh, post, but well, sort of a post-holiday week. It's like the it's like the mid-holiday week. So we're post-Christmas and Hanukkah. We're getting into uh, New Year. Not there yet. So we'll get you through this week as we can. Joe Pot in for Matt Pauley uh, tonight. Happy you're along with us. Happy to have the next guest along with us as well. He's Charles Boehm. He is, uh, you can find his work at many spots, including MLSsoccer.com. On Twitter, it's at C Boehm, B-O-E-H-M. Charles, thank you so much for taking some time tonight. Oh, what a, what a pleasure to be on. I can tell the uh, the excitement is growing steadily out there in St. Louis as we get closer to uh, opening day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I want to get into that. So we're going to get into some St. Louis City in a bit. I want to start with uh, the U.S. men's national team as we're coming off the World Cup, uh, getting to the knockout stage with one of the youngest rosters in the tournament. Is Do, do we consider this a successful World Cup? Do we consider it a nice progress do we consider it to be progress and obviously it's progress from not getting into the tournament the last time but where do you kind of rate uh the performance and and what this team did you know i've had a lot of discussions uh with with people in american soccer about this very topic over the last few weeks and uh and i think you know there, there's a, a lot of different ways of looking at it on the one hand yes the, 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 i think the uh, the team themselves had placed you know, advancing to the group stage or out of the group stage and into the knockout phase as their sort of minimum expectation for themselves. They felt like that was, that was a must for them. And they did that. Uh, and then they, I think there was a wall, you know, you hit a wall and, and you, you see the potential of the group. And then you also see the gap that exists between the United States. And really a lot of countries are in the United States' position here. There is a significant gap into that elite, right? So the U.S. is up to, I believe, 13th or thereabouts. I think officially they finished right around the same place in terms of formal placements of the, the 2022 World Cup. Um, but, you know, you, you play teams that are in that top, you know, seven, eight. Uh, it's it's a it's a really, really high-level play. You have to really have your act together. And, um, and so in a lot of ways, this was, you know, this was a step forward. But there are plenty of people who have the longer view that will remind you that, that there was a lot of work was done and a lot of, of sort of climbing had to be done just to get back to where we were in 2014 and 2010 in 2002, you know, that's still the, the high watermark is the quarterfinal run. So, um, so it's tough. It's a, even as you make progress in this cycle, it's a reminder of how much ground was lost back in the 2018 cycle. So can you, can they move forward uh, with Greg Berhalter as the head coach? Do they move forward whether they can or not? Do you believe that 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 is the path forward. Well, we we wait to see if with uh, with bated breath, you know, mm-hmm. they're right right at hard in the wake of the the exit from the tournament. 
some reports came up and there was a lot of chatter about the conversations that had already begun between Burhalter and the Federation. And, it, you know, we should re- remind everyone that we're not entirely sure who makes this decision as to whether he stays or goes. And, and uh, he himself, I think, wants to see what else is out there um, because uh, four years is a long time. And his methodology, his mindset, I think, is a little bit more um, uh, better suited to the club and game where you're seeing players every day. Right. And you have, a, right. a, you're more able to do long-term type of projects, but you know, his former national team teammates like Ernie Stewart, Brian McBride are leading the process. It seems that there was discussions. I think they got a little stung by the reporting uh, on that conversation having already begun. And, and the, well, I had heard chatter that they had already made him a contract offer to get him to stay another four years. Now a, a statement was subsequently released after those reports emerged by Ernie Stewart saying that, that they've, there will be a cooling down period. They are taking stock. Nothing is decided as yet. So it can be very difficult. Um, U.S. soccer workings and politics can be opaque uh, at times. So uh, I have a feeling that Greg Berhalter wants to see what else is out there. But I think everyone knows and has been saying for some time, this is a very desirable job when you look at the World Cup coming to this continent, this group of young players maturing another four years, and the possibilities and the ceiling lifting for the program. Yeah, I, I feel like that as well. And I, I obviously with the, you know, coming here to the to North America um, the next time. But I as well, just with the roster the way it is to, you know, we're talking about, like I said, one of the youngest rosters in the current in this last uh, rendition of the tournament. Um, and so just with those particular players moving on with the with our moving forward, I should say, not moving on from the team moving forward and with you know, what's to come in U.S. soccer. I do certainly think it's a desirable job, maybe more so than it's been, you know, in recent years. So I'm, I am really interested to see kind of what happens, uh, where that goes. So let's shift gears to the MLS, uh, to St. Louis city. That's what, uh, kind of we've, uh, been talking about certainly around here for, you know, all of last summer, as we finally got to see a product on the field with St. Louis city two. Um, finally got to open city park in November. And now of course we're getting to regular season and, and the real thing coming up here. So the draft most recently, a couple midfielders drafted by the club, including John and Klein from down the street here at St. Louis university. Um, but as they get into camp and as they start to put together the roster that is going to open this season, it's more than just, here are the best of the best players of this group, right? There's a there's sort of a science that goes into constructing an MLS roster. Is that correct? Most definitely. And I think you have here, you know, you have the standard expansion process, the the various sort of levers of team building, and then you have the overarching philosophy of what this team wants to be and or what its what its creators want it to be. And uh and you have, you know, kind of a mix of international experience and perspective uh, in Fonage Seal, um, you know, and Carnell. And then you also have, you know, a little bit of knowledge of the domestic scene and the unique vagaries of an MLS roster where you, you have to pull from different buckets and you also have to have different tiers of players who can provide different services or sort of fill different needs at different price points um, because it is all about maximizing every dollar uh, on that salary budget. And is this something where the, you know, how much do they utilize the developmental league side, the, the city two team um, when thinking like as this, as a whole program, as opposed to just the MLS side? 
Yeah, you know, I'll say, I have to admit, I have some questions about Lutzfan and Steele's approach. I'm a little concerned about whether they have, one, if they have enough MLS experience on the roster, yeah. which can be very important in an expansion season, and whether they have enough high-end talent, because we know this is going to be a high-pressing team, to borrow the old phrase from the Real Salt Lake sides of, uh, you know, of, of the, their heyday about a decade ago. The team is the star. They don't want it to be a personality-driven. They don't want to have anybody who's a superstar on a different level. I get all that. Um, but I, I, I do have some doubts or some questions that, you know, to see whether this all works in practice. One thing I do love about what City has done is getting that year head start in so many ways, right? You cannot prepare for life in MLS. You know, there's certain things that you just have to experience. But what they did control the controllable of getting the, you know, the, the two team uh, playing games, creating those connections with fans, starting to, you know, build a player evaluation process a methodology, a way of working, and, a, and a, a pipeline, really, in the grand scheme, right? There's a lot that has to be built. There's going to be a, an academy that's going to filter in, and, you, you know, you hopefully have that that part of the, the, the puzzle. Maybe not yet, but soon. But having the two-team, I think, is, is going to really help them because they already know players. They've got a little bit of a culture set up already. And we forget originally and when it was awarded that this team was going to – was originally scheduled to begin play in the 2022 season – they delayed that a year, and the benefit of that may very well be the things that that you were just talking about. For sure, I mean, there's just there's so many um, there's so many logistical and just everyday things that go into not just running a team or fielding a team, but an organization. I mean, even if you look at you know, I know there was some uh, there was some electrical issues around the stadium, right, right. around City Park, and that was certainly frustrating. But hey, how, thank goodness you've got a few months. You know, you've got a little bit of a, of a cushion that you've given yourself or, or had to give yourself because of the pandemic that you're able to, to kind of work through those issues. And there are teams that have not had that. I mean, I, I can tell you I'm based here in Washington, D.C., and when Audi Field opened in the middle of 2018 season, uh, a lot of extra money went towards overtime just because, you know, you're, you're doing a midseason open and then on the field you're trying to tread water until Wayne Rooney and the, you know, comes and the stadium opens. And, you know, there's teams that have kind of had to, had to do things in midstream. I think St. Louis is in a better position, though, you know, even if it's not a, the original plan. Um, they're able to kind of weather and, and deal with, uh, you know, some of the, at least to, to the extent that you can try and be prepared for unforeseen stuff. So uh, very, very interesting. Um, this is a, a unique, somewhat unique expansion, I think, journey that City is on, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. Charles Boehm with us here on the Quiver River guest line. And uh, again, you can find his pieces all over the place. A recent piece at ussoccerplayers.com talking about the best games on the U.S. or on the MLS schedule, I should say, and a couple of them are going to be right here in St. Louis at City Park. Uh, The Charlotte game, of course, that's opening. That's a home opening date for St. Louis on March 4th. But also you mentioned the Sporting KC's first visit here on uh, May 20th, and you just spoke about, and you, you mentioned it earlier too, just, you know, what the fan support's going to be like because this really is soccer coming home sort of uh as far as you know it's u.s roots finally a uh top level pro team back here in st louis yeah i mean i i i look forward to your perspective on it and i look forward to interacting with with uh, st louis fans because it's such an interesting contrast it's a little bit puzzling from the outside 
you have such deep roots for this game. You have such an incredible history. I, I think in that piece I referred to St. Louis as the cradle of the American game. And, you know, it's an incredible backdrop, right? And I know from talking to people and, and writing stories about players like Josh Sargent and, and, uh, and Tim Ream and so many others, what an inc- how deeply woven into the community the sport is. And yet that d- didn't necessarily sh- show in the, the history of the professional game. You know, there's been some comings and goings and, and a lack of stability. And I think there's so many factors that go into that right but it's so interesting to have this new project in this very old soccer city um and you know we, we know mls has wanted to be there for a long time right and i think it's uh it took a while but it's all worked out great in the sense of the facilities that are there the location of of having not only your stadium but your training facility right in the heart of downtown and, and maybe be there at the start of something special that's happening in that neighborhood uh it's really really intriguing and and uh now we see we have to be i have to be a bit bearish about on the field results right because that sure. is the norm in terms of expansion. Um, but there's going to be so many storylines. And I think there certainly a significant amount of national attention and national spotlight put towards, you know, breaking in that facility, starting to build this new culture in this, uh, in this uh, cradle of the game. Uh, final couple of things here for Charles Boehm. Uh, it's, it's been a tough couple of months just in the soccer community. You lose um, some really big people in the game. Certainly Grant Wall, uh, a fellow writer, and Kevin Payne, someone I know you had a lot of dealings with, one of the original founders, founding a partner of, of D.C. United, but uh, just kind of losing some big personalities and, and a big piece of this game, or big pieces, I should say, of this game. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I think we, we've all, probably even beyond soccer, right, we, we've had a tough few years, and when you get to December and take stock, you, you feel maybe a sense of exhaustion, right, sometimes that, that seems to outweigh other stuff. and. I certainly have felt that. I mean, I think when you, you go to a World Cup, um, I was fortunate enough to cover the 2014 World Cup, at least the U.S.'s involvement in it. And when you come back from an event like that, there's a little bit of a hangover and a, and a you know, a, um, a recovery process. Uh, and then to have that happen, you know, in the, the different time of year and then have, have some of the losses we've had. I mean, you know, the game will go on and the, and the game is always marching forward. Um, but I think there's a generational shift underway and, and uh, more than ever, I think not just in MLS, but in, in North American soccer as a whole, um, we always do well, I think, to, to take stock and, and take an extra moment to reflect on what's been done in the past, the grounds that's been covered, the people that have contributed and those, those stories and, and, uh, and people that we lose along the way. So, uh, so yeah, it's um, a heavy, heavy time. I think, um, although those of us that were able to, to take part in grants, uh, the celebration of Grant's life uh, in New York City last week, um, you know, it helped helped a great deal to to sort of get the, everyone together and and the, to reflect in that way. Charles Boehm, thanks so much for taking some time tonight to talk some uh, soccer with us here on KMOX. Uh, wish you a great rest of the holiday season, a very happy New Year, and uh, hopefully see you coming up in the spring at City Park sometime. Yeah, I can't wait to get out there for a game, and, and good luck on these uh, this final countdown here. That is Charles Boehm. He is at MLSsoccer.com, USsoccerplayers.com, and at at C. Boehm, C-B-O-E-H-M on Twitter. More to come here on Sports Open Line as we roll on on a Tuesday night. I'm Joe Pott. This is Camo X. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.